drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? The Detroit Lions have won five out of six ball games. <laughs> We're on a roll. We're playing great football. We got a big win to talk about against the Minnesota Vikings. Get you ready for the Jets. All types of other nonsense I'll probably get into on this show. Before we do, drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. We got to make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> oh my goodness. I got so many bullet points, so many tangents to get on. We'll see what happens here on this podcast. But uh, first thing I want to get into, uh, gosh, again, I'm not going to go blow by blow, but let's talk about this Minnesota victory. First catch for Jay Moe. Oh, baby! <laughs> I think we're changing the sound bite. Wide open. Jared Goff punted him the football. He caught it. No one around him. One catch, one touchdown, 41 plus yards. Um, absolutely loved everything about it, man. Incredible. Um, love everything about this kid. Was real happy for him. Um, you know, again, I I don't want to toot my own horn, but we go back. I I had been calling all week at Jameson Williams touchdown. I said big plays were going to be a factor in this ball game. And they showed up early here with a deep throw to the new number nine, <laughs> which was uh, so good to see. I mean, absolutely loved it. And then and then before you know it, I mean, he hit that deep ball. And the next thing you know, we got another ball. Go DJ. That's my DJ. Go DJ. Yeah. That's two weeks in a row to D. Jay Chark, we got a Chark attack, and I actually remembered to stop the soundbite so it didn't go on repeat eight times, but you guys know I love me some DJ Chark, you know I put out on Twitter, you guys can find me at Derek Oakry, and said, we need to keep him around, this guy's talented, he can make plays, people are like, you know, he was going to want a lot of money, he's hurt quite a bit, I don't... And then the guy just played exactly how I thought he would when healthy, which he's been the last couple weeks, which has been incredible to see. So I love that. And, uh, you know, we go up seven into the into halftime or whatever. But sure enough, man, before you know it, it's 21-7 Lions when they hit Ray J on a nice little slant. I mean, it was like in taking candy from a baby, the serpent making plays, looking extra silky smooth out there, J smooth. Um, absolutely love to see that. I mean, before you knew it in this ball game. The other JJ was finding the end zone. It's not even New Year's Eve yet when the real, the one and only JJ is going to be finding the end zone multiple times. Hashtag go blue. Um, but Justin Jackson with a beautiful run finding the pylon, which was incredible. So offense was humming all day. 
I mean, let's talk about the big fellas. <laughs> let's talk about my boy Isaiah Bugs. This guy, great pickup by Brad Holmes late in the game. He absolutely loves the city of Detroit, loves his team, been hanging in there making plays, being a big, nasty monster in the middle. I mean, I don't know what's bigger, his belly or that huge robotic arm he has with with the triple brace, the extra tape. I mean, I don't know what's going on with his elbow, but he's out there playing football. The fact that he got the ball out from Dalvin Cook, who was supposedly trying to do a jump pass. The only problem was he didn't jump. He didn't pass. He just tapped his toes a little bit too long, and Isaiah Bugs swallowed him up, got the football out, and guess who went and got it? Put another curb stomp there for number 31, Kirby Joseph. Now I know Chops, my boy Brian Ives, all you guys want to come at me for when I did very odd, horrible singing about Kirby's name, and then people tell me the curb stomp's not good. K-E-R-B stomp. He's been, he's been stomping on offenses for a while now, getting the ball out and, and making plays on the football. So that was a huge play because that was, what, late in the second quarter? Looked like an easy walk-in touchdown from inside the five. They put the ball on the ground. We get it. No points. I mean, I think that was a huge turning point in the game. The the other huge turning point was a guy named C.J. Moore. Now, C.J. Moore made the play. C.J. Moore is one of those great guys, one of those guys that does all the dirty work, one of those guys that is just very dependable. And, and yes, he made the run on the on the fake punt deep in our territory. But you know who had the stones? You know who had a big set on him? It was Dan freaking Campbell. It was Phil, the uh, special teams coach. It was the players executing this play deep in their end, fourth and quite a ways, and they fake a punt, get a ton of yardage, we won't even mention my man on the far side who got signed from the bowling alley the day before that thought it'd be a good idea to talk noise and headbutt somebody and cost us 15 after that play. But that was huge as well. And that's just, that's been happening a lot, man. All these, you know, technical execution or outthinking the opposition. You gotta love it. Um, so th- that was that was absolutely big. I, there's no way me or anybody thought that was gonna happen. But you had to love it when he took off. That whole side was open, made the play, showed off a little speed. And I said we're talking about the big fellas. <laughs> so let's talk about the biggest of the big fellas. Number 58, Penne Sewell. <laughs> I mean, you guys saw the tweet. Was it the speed? Was it the hands? <laughs> was it the swan dive? Or was it the pimp slap after he made the play? Um, Lions need to make a play to end this ball game. Uh, needed about seven plus yards. They throw it to their right tackle who's going in full motion. He shows himself catches it like a dove, turns up field, splats on the turf to stay in bounds after he gets to the sticks. Then somebody tries to get anywhere near him, and he just swats him away like a fly. Um, That was just so good on so many levels. Again, who would have thunk it? Nobody. Who loved it? Everybody. Um, Gosh, that was just uh, so great to see. So, gosh, man, I mean, the defense came to play. Mr. Okuda couldn't even really go sick or whatever. 
I still will never understand these ultra elite alpha professional athletes. Dude had like a cold or was a little sick for the week and, and he, he can't play. He taps out. I mean, again, we love Mr. Okuda on this show. We love how he's been playing this year, but I'll never understand how that or like a, a pinky injury or, you know, a barely uh, twisted ankle or a little bit of a hamstring pull keeps these guys out. You would think they would just be have the absolute DAWG in them to get back in the game. But, I mean, he wasn't out there, but, you know, linebackers still making plays. I mean, we had to do this again. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> we, we had to play the music as he got after the quarterback multiple times. Even got a TFL showing out, dancing around, making plays. That's Aiden Hutchinson, if you didn't know. Um and uh, that was that was great to see. So 34-23 beatdown of the Minnesota Vikings in Ford Field. A huge game for the Lions. A huge win, not only for the Lions, but for the city, for the team, for all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, all the loyal, diehard supporters. We all love to see that. You showed up. You did what you had to do. You did more than you had to do. This game was in 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 tinfoil for a while it never felt like it was getting away i loved it big win keeps their playoff chances um you know more than more than attainable you just gotta take one game at a time you know take every opponent seriously show up uh, make plays execute i don't know how many other cliches i can do here on the fly but all those things are pertinent because they keep winning Things will take care of themselves, like Jared Goff said, who's been balling out. Got to give it to JG16, a.k.a. Chops' boy, who I'm sure absolutely loved it. I mean, saying that a lot, probably hitting it with his hashtag throughout multiple times through the game, or if you've seen any of his tweets. Hashtag Choppy Liking. Um... No doubt about it, man. A big win across the board. So I, I just give you those cliff notes. You guys watched the game. You were hype. Hopefully you got something good cooked before that ball game. Hopefully you had a few friends around. Hopefully you got rowdy. Hopefully those of you that were at the stadium brought it. I know um, the people that used my seats for this game, I had sold it to them way back. Uh, they'd never been to a Lions game. They're like, hey, how about this game against Minnesota? Teresa and Joe went to the game. They showed up early. They were ready. I told them I need a dub ski, bring home a win. They got that done for me. They had a real good time. At the end of the game, I said, you better be dancing somewhere in Ford Field because this is a hell of a win, hell of a ball game for our football team. They said they were having the time of their life enjoying it. So um, that was a great one to be at. You fans obviously brought it. Very hype about this team. Very excited. Standing room only. You love to see all that. So that that's all I'll say about this Viking game. We'll uh, we'll keep the show rolling. I want to do a couple side notes, a couple tangents, maybe a rant might be in here, but um, I'm gonna show some love and answer some questions from the Kool-Aid drinkers. We might hit that Kool-Aid hotline a little bit. Um, preview this Jets game, give you a big score prediction, get you hyped before we get up out of here. You know what we normally do. Um, as we keep this show rolling, though, I want to do a quick thing. On the hashtags and the gimmicks here on the Kool-Aid cast. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I just wanted to say I just totally appreciate it and find it so fun that you guys find it fun. All the ridiculous things 
that we've created sort of on this show. All my different co-hosts that come on, the stuff I uh, try to create, a lot of it is the dumbest stuff ever, but it becomes the funniest stuff ever. You know, certain things might make me laugh, they don't make you laugh. A lot of you guys, though, have latched on to some of the different things that we've done. I mean, again, I played it earlier, but you guys know from the beginning of the season until now, and it's catching on like wildfire, and that's Unleash Hutch. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> um, guys balling out, which has been great. You heard the recent one, hashtag JMO Fast. I'm sure a few of you looked over at your friends after that big deep touchdown. Man, how do you get how do you get open so much? Why was there nobody around him? And your friend was just like, man, hashtag JMO fast, <laughs> real fast. Um, so we, we got that one going, just repping him and his speed. Um, you know, we create goofy ones like I I told Chops the worst one ever, and now I've used it in multiple tweets. Hashtag anybody but Willie, because <laughs> when I heard Will Harris was out of this ball game injured again, I'm not celebrating injuries. I hope Willie is fine. But we can't have Willie Harris uh, trailing three, four yards behind everybody in coverage. We can't have Willie out there stumbling around his own feet, getting burnt, roasted, toasted, and extra crispy all day. <laughs> so hashtag anybody but Willie is a thing. And anybody but Willie was jury, was uh, Big Mike Hughes, <laughs> was, um, you know, even A.O., who used to be, you know, gosh, I mean, he used to be this. Oh, baby! People reminded me on Twitter that if he gets out there, it's kind of like, no, oh, baby! <laughs> I think the O turned into no baby um, at, at some point here. But, uh, you know, everybody stepped up. Even, like I say, no Kuda out there. They still found a way to get it done on the outside. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had like 200-something receiving, and somehow we let Kirk Cousins throw for 400-plus, and they still got beat down by multiple scores. So uh, that is what it is. I mean, gosh, you guys know that there's a guy named Frank Ribble out there. He called up one time and did this. Wow! 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 So if you hear me uh, hit four big wows in, in all capitals, that's the Frank Ribble quad wow on Twitter or here on the show. That's that's become legendary. Again, I just played him a little bit ago, but we got hashtag choppy likey. Woo! Hashtag choppy likey. We got Chops' you know, best Ric Flair, even though I think it's a ooh-ee, and he says it's a woo-wee. He, he, he should know we already have a woo-wee from one of the greatest announcers of all time. <laughs> I guess that's a different one. I used to have the woo-wee. I took it off. I got no room on the soundboard for anything else, people. But, um, you know, Choppy is, has patented this. You see it in his tweets as well. I got to say, I, I even find myself doing it in big points of ball games. That's another clutch one that's come up. Um, you know, gosh, we, we got the Dan Campbell bits. We, we just do it all for the people. And the people consist of the millions i mean serving up cornbread 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 gotta make it to drinking that detroit kool-aid drink it in now rooting for lions touchdown touchdown detroit lions uh just just so many classics you know here on the show that we try to fit in when we can i mean you guys know how we do brother brother um 
But, I, you know, the the only reason I want to bring it up is, is, again, I just find it so fun when you guys call up the hotline and use some of these goofy things we come up with. You hit it on Twitter. Um, you know, I never want this to be the a same old pod, you know, where it's just like I run you the results. I talk very monotone. I give you the, the basics that everybody else gives you. As long as, you know, we can, we're going to keep giving all these ridiculous sound bites and give you hot takes and give you big time opinions. Going to be the show for the people, the fans, the diehards, the loyals, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Try to entertain you. Also, I love football. I love the NFL draft. You guys know all that. So I just wanted to get some of those out there. Again, there's probably like 50 more I could have jotted down that we could go through all the way back to the heyday when this show started off of just a random idea I had probably on like a Tuesday. I was like, man, it'd be fun to just create a podcast and talk about the Lions with friends. Um, and sure enough, I found a way to get it done. Got the first few episodes going. Got a few shows going. Got a year or so going. And here we are. Gosh probably three, four years consistently, once, twice, multiple times a week, serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid. So it's just been a real fun journey, and I just want to say thanks to everybody. And if you have any other fun um, sound bits you want, if, um, you know, it's not a coincidence, like I say, that every radio station I turn on, every other caller is talking about, man, I'm drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid, serve me up that Kool-Aid, the blue Kool-Aid's tasting delicious, I need extra side of cornbread, make it a double. I mean, it's all over the place right now and that's because the fans are so hype and because of this show and because of all you great listeners out there so keep bringing all that um we'll keep bringing um, the entertainment the fun here on the show and i just wanted to shout it out so hit those hashtags enjoy the gimmicks um you know we'll come up with new gimmicks as time goes and it's all in good fun here on the show let's do this i want to keep this show kind of tight Got a lot going on here on this end uh, when I jump off the microphone. So let's uh, get our great sponsors in here. And uh, when I come back, I want to talk about some hot topics. I also got some questions from uh, Twitter DM uh, kind of uh, group chat that we have. So if any of you guys want to get in that, hit me up and we can add you, I think, to that. That's kind of where people help share the podcast, uh, send me little things, um, you know, ask questions, you know, it's a quick, easy way. If you can't get to the hotline or you, or you don't want to do it another way, you can just put a quick thing in there. I'll try to either bookmark it or get to it when I can. So we'll get into some of those. And then uh, Jets, Lions heading to the Big Apple, road game, need the win, very winnable, but they're going to have to bring their A game. So we'll talk about all that right after the break, everybody. I'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? 
I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I'm back from the break. What do I normally say right about now? Thank you so much for the sort of sponsors. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Tell a friend. Are you bored with all those other Lions podcasts or all these other reporters out there trying to entertain because they can't? Turn this on. Laugh it up. Enjoy. Root on the football team. Be a fan. Don't be a. Don't overthink it. Don't woe is me. Don't tell me about what happened 10, 20 years ago with the Detroit Lions. I don't care. I care about right now what's going on with this football team. I care about laughing, having fun, the hashtags, the gimmicks, the hot takes, the opinions. And uh, enjoying this podcast with you guys. So um, share this with a friend. Let them know. Uh, you got to have some of that Detroit Kool-Aid while this team's winning ball games. Now, I was going to jump into some hot topics. But what I want to do is jump down to kind of my Kool-Aid hotline and voicemail kind of shouts like I've been doing. And I know I talked about this guy before on the show. I actually got him to change his Twitter handle. But yes, I'm coming back to him again. JP10. 77 at Mufasa 1077 and the reason I'm bringing him up again is this guy is everywhere (laughs) he's on every tweet I see multiple photos of him at road games with with Detroit Lions uh, paraphernalia on and with the crew he's always there might be multiple JP 1077s out there because the guy is everywhere I'm telling you if there's a group of Lions fans He's taking a picture with them. He's shouting out. He's he's retweeting the show. He's sending me questions. He's hitting hashtags. He's doing his own gimmicks. He's doing our gimmicks. Uh, big shout out, man. This is this is just a great guy, a great follow, a big time Lions fan. Him and his wife um, just really bring it. So I just wanted to say big time shout outs uh, again. To the formerly JP 10778294226844491. I think that was your old Twitter handle, right? Something like that. But uh, JP, keep doing it, man. Uh, real fun. And, and again, you guys might think this guy's a little cuckoo. I might agree with you. 
but but he's 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 my guy. He he's funny. He he brings crazy football takes across the board. He loves the Detroit Lions. He came back from the dead on Twitter. He had disappeared for like two years. Again, I gotta shout out Frank Ribble, cause for all the pictures JP and crew is in, and where he's at every game and every bar and and on every uh, message I see out there, Mr. Ribble, Mr. Quadwow is everywhere on the Twitter machine. I mean, he's got takes, he's got posts, he's got humorous takes, he's got ridiculous takes, he's got he's got stats. This guy's drawing up schemes, trying to, to tell me what's gonna what it's gonna take to win every week. Frank Ribble, I don't know how you have time for any of this, but the amount of content you put out and the types of content always puts a smile on my face and makes me laugh, buddy. So keep bringing it, keep doing that thing, keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid and repping this team, no doubt. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! So just wanted to accentuate those two guys, and I was going to go into some things, but I I shot it out right before we started the show. Hey, what do you guys want to hear about in that uh, DM text thread? And you guys hit me up with some things, so I'm going to kind of just go down through these and and see if I can get through them. So... uh, First one for, was from DET All Above on Twitter. Give him a follow, no doubt. Um, you know, he, he said, what's next? What's the next step for J-Mo? Now, I know some people have been kind of like saying, oh, man, you know, six snaps, 13 snaps. Yeah, we know he got the deep touchdown, but everyone built him up that he was going to be this like eight catch, 125, two tugs guy from day one. And this guy is electric, man. He's got everything you want. So when you're asking what the next step is, they are just going to continue to find roles for him. He's always going to be more of a big play guy than a big volume type receiver. Um, that, what I love the most about him, I think, again, is his love for football and the fact that he's just not afraid. He just wants to play the game. So he's going to be out there blocking. I'm sure you guys some saw some of those Twitter videos where he comes off the ball and smacks the linebacker, the safety, a couple times, a full bore with his shoulder. He's not a prima donna wide receiver. He has elite speed, which we'll continue to see. And uh, I think the next step is, uh, you know, yeah, we'd like to see some of those snap counts go up a bit. But, um, you know, the production is going to come. The big plays are going to come. You want him to stay healthy, keep integrating himself with the team. Part of, like, being a great superstar, um, big-time player on a football team is kind of earning your stripes, getting in there and and doing some of the dirty work or doing some of the things that – you know, ingratiate you to your teammates. And I feel like J-Mo's doing all that right now while the team is winning and while he's, you know, getting his, his legs under him, as Dan Campbell likes to say. So just keep doing what you're doing, young fella, and uh, they will get you the ball more. You will continue to progress. But just be realistic with the uh, catch numbers and, and the yardages, the touchdowns, all that's going to come. This guy's going to be a dynamic um, game-changing type football player for the Detroit Lions, and I don't think it's going to take that long. I think you're going to continue to see. I wouldn't even be surprised if in the next two to three ball games here that you just have a an absolute breakout. I'm talking like six catches, buck 40, somewhere in that range, and a touchdown for, for Jameson Williams. That's what I'd expect uh, coming up in the next few, few games and, and, and go from there. DET Obolov also wanted to know uh, what's Ben Johnson's future. That's been a big talking point. Um, you know, Ben Johnson and Jared Goff are like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, they're like chops and 
well, I guess Jared Goff, <laughs> um, you, know, you know, on this show. But, uh, you know, those two have a tremendous relationship. Ben Johnson and our quarterback I'm talking about, Chops and our and JG16 might have a relationship as well. I don't know. It's kind of a man love going on there. It's a little it's a little weird, you know what I'm saying? But that that's between Chops and his guy. <laughs> I mean, I still a little debating on the quarterback, but we know what Chops feels. Woo! Hashtag Choppy Likey. He's not on the show. I can still play his bits. It's become a big thing where, from day one, my buddy Chops, for any of you new listeners, was repping Jared Goff as the guy. He's obviously showed up big, real big this year. I'm talking like, you know, people have been saying there's only one better quarterback in the NFC, and that's Jalen Hurts. And you know Chops hears that. You know he puts that in his memory banks. You know he brags to me, to the Kool-Aid drinkers, on Twitter, everywhere that he can, how right he was. And, you know, hopefully for the team's sake, he'll continue to be right. I'll put up with his garbage because I want to win ball games. Um, but as far as Ben Johnson's future goes, like, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tremendous asset to this football team, to our quarterback, to that offense. You know, you, you almost hate to give the guy too much credit because it's really his first year calling plays. He's worked his way up from a, a control coach, a tight ends coach. Now calling the plays, offensive coordinator. He's getting buzz as that next boy genius head coach, but I'd really hope that we've got this year, next year, you know, at the bare minimum with a guy like Ben Johnson. But, you know, obviously if he gets offered a big-time opportunity, he's going to go um, take that regardless if he's ready or not, regardless of what the situation is. It might not be a situation like the Lions with a whole bunch of playmakers and things going on, but he would obviously take that if if offered. Obviously the fan base hopes he stays around, and, and, and that would definitely benefit Jared Goff if that's the direction the Lions go, staying with number 16. But I, I don't think it's this ultimate deal breaker. You know, I don't think like if Ben Johnson leads our offense totally falls apart because we do have ball players on that side of the ball. You know, I think if if they needed to, you know, Goff and others could could accentuate or get acclimated to a new offensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, Ben Johnson is very important. I, I think he's here in 2023 for sure. And then after that, it's, it's very questionable, especially if he has another tremendous season call and plays and has a top 10, um, you know, or better offense. But I think I think he'll still be around. I think he'll get buzz, maybe a few interviews, but I don't think he would be a head coach at this point. Let's get one more in from a DTE all ab- uh, above. Let me get that right. I always ruin your guys' things. D-E-T above all. Go give him a follow. No doubt about it. Um, the third one, he said, he, he feels like the pass rush is quickly becoming a major strength. Now, I saw some people say this as well. Obviously, everyone's falling in love with the problem. James Houston, what he's played three games, got four sacks, got that crazy highlight. He's got... You know, just a ridiculous explosion and, and all the stuff that we're seeing from the Rook six-round pick. But, I mean, I, I still wouldn't call it a strength. I feel like Hutch is doing his thing. I feel like Houston's been a nice surprise here late in the season. I feel like I didn't even notice Romeo. I mean, he was back, but you could have you could have fooled me. I didn't really notice him. I didn't. And a couple times I tried to focus on him, but I didn't really make any type of impact. 
you know, uh, that showed up on the stat sheet or that I could tell. But um, it's nice to have him back. You know, I, I think people are, are forgetting about Charles. Charles Harris. I mean, to me, Charles Harris is the workhorse of this, like, rush you know, players that we have and great year last year. And now everyone has quit on him. Why? Cause he's been heard and he's been out, but I still love the way that he hustles to the football, what he brings from an outside linebacker edge type player perspective. So I think if you get him back and Romeo rounds out back into form and Julian gets back and Houston and Aiden and Pascal all start turning on. Yeah, then it's it's really turning into a strength, especially what they might be able to do in the draft next year. But I'm definitely not chalking us up as like either we're just killing quarterbacks and we're just all over them. Um, you know, pushing the pocket a little bit better is nice to see. These turnovers we've been getting, you know, have been nice to see. Hutch's production is tremendous. I mean, unleash Hutch. Oh, wait, hold on. I better do that better. Unleash <laughs> you guys know what the billboard says so i think it's becoming a nice piece to this team but i i wouldn't put it as a uh, ultimate strength at this point major strength as he said right now um let's see uh you know they said how sustainable is this current level of play gosh i mean you would think i would say the up down theory in the nfl you would think that we kind of you know, play great on offense and maybe have a clunker, but we just haven't, you know, and people are like, oh, don't say that now, it's going to happen. Like, I've got past all that. I've been past all that for a long time. You guys play some of that super uh, superstitious garbage type stuff. Like, I just think it's the NFL, so everyone's pretty good, but... I mean, we are, we're, if we're healthy, I don't see why we're not throwing the ball, putting up points, running the football, dominating on the, in, at the front in the offensive line type of thing. So I think it's very sustainable. Um, you know, I just don't see this team, the way they're playing with the confidence they're playing, running into any type of big lull right now or even a clunker of a game where they just come out and they can't complete passes, they can't run it, they can't put up points, they can't stop anyone. I think that's behind them right now. Let's see, uh, do some rapid fire on some of these questions. So this is from at Trevor Tyler 71, who has changed his Twitter uh, big handle or his uh, byline to playoff drive starts now. Um, yeah, buddy, it's it started and it's rolling. So Trevor wanted to know, um, do we have a coach in training for the OC if we lose Ben Johnson? Uh, you know, I'm not going to come on here and, and be able to recite all of our um, coaches up and down the line. I, I do feel like, um, you know, the Lions, based on what they've shown already with bringing in player coaches, bringing in people with a lot of moxie, a lot of alphas, a lot of guys that played the game but also love the game of football. I'm not too worried. You know, if, if they had to, they either have somebody in the pipeline or they go out and get another guy that has the same type of smarts, passion, you know, execution, thought for the game like Ben Johnson does. So um, nobody that I know of in the pipeline right now, but it's not a, a worry I have. Um, again, rapid fire here on Tyler. He wanted me to sort of talk about how we have fleeced the Vikings uh, in recent trades. So so he got the big draft day trade where they ended up getting uh, my boy Lewis Seen um, late there in the first round. And then they picked up Booth the cornerback um, with our pick. 
and we got J-Mo and Josh Pascal. So, um, you, you know, to me, everyone knows who won that trade and is going to win it for years and years when they have to deal with the new number nine and Pascal's running around to himself into form. Pascal is such a, a thick player. <laughs> Every time I see him, I mean, I know he's a D-end, but... Gosh, that guy could easily be moved inside a lot more maybe than he already is because he is a big, thick, nasty, powerful football player. And uh, I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. So definitely like the two players we got. I mean, obviously, um, I think Lewis Seen will be a good player if he can recover from the devastating uh, leg knee injury that he had this year. And then Boo's a good corner, but, I mean, come on, both those guys have been totally hurt, haven't given that team anything. So um, letting us jump up, you know, 20 spots to get that dynamic uh, wide receiver is, is tremendous. And then the other one he's referencing is ascending uh, T, J, Hacked over to Minnesota and uh, us getting a two, a three, and oh yeah, you can have a couple conditional later picks if he, if those conditions are met. But uh, gosh, just being able to take the the money and the resource and the player, which we kind of all knew that Hawk was where he was gonna be, and yeah, he might got a little bit better, but he wasn't gonna get tangibly exceedingly better at what he was doing so i i think that's just going to turn out in spades as well based on who we get with those draft picks the money being reallocated the way it needs to be to build a really good football team so you know tyler kind of broke it down here too of just uh all that and then skip got on here you know skip the guy who just loves the carusos Skip, I apologize. I don't have one for you today. Maybe I'll tweet one out. Um, he he just said, uh, man, we got so much capital, um, you know, with with moving TJ, nine, saving $9.3 million off the books in 2023. Um, he, he wanted to know, uh, who, who am I drafting in my mock draft in the second round next year with, with that Minnesota pick? I mean... Goodness, are, are we talking draft right now? Are, are you trying to get me to talk NFL draft? <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Um, here's the thing with the draft. I've uh, I've been lagging a little bit behind, I gotta admit, with getting the crazy Oakery 18-tab Google spreadsheet going. Um, I did start pulling up players. And... Uh, it's a great draft to have a lot of capital. So Brad Holmes going to do some big-time damage. I did also log on to The Draft Network. If you guys haven't checked that out, you need to go over to The Draft Network and, and sign up for their yearly membership so you can do those mock drafts or just get some of their content. Those guys are great over there. Always have been, always will be. Had to reset my password, had to get everything going and uh, starting to pull things together. Went to do a mock draft so I could get a better answer for this question. Their mock draft machine is down. It's being... Um, revised, uh, ac- accentuated, improved. So, no mock drafts for me. Obviously, I'm trying to see if this team gets to the playoffs and win some ball games. But before you know it, man, before you know it, we'll be talking draft. We'll be talking all about it. I'll be giving you guys mocks, takes, opinions, all that when the pick is in. But we're not going to do that right now. 
because we got ball games to win. So I'm going to cut the music. I'm going to cut that draft music. Um, but I will get you that info. And Skip also just said, like, so not giving up $9.3 million to Hawk and, and those second-round picks that we're going to get are going to range anywhere from one point five to nine hundred k for four years um, on those contracts. So you guys have heard me talk about that a lot before as well. Um, so that's going to be big, just flipping over that money, the football player, and uh, I cannot wait to see who they get. Um, let's see. Gosh, there's so much more to get into. What I want to do is get a couple other rapid-fire things I got, give you a quick Jets look ahead of what to expect, and then... Um, we'll get up out of here. I do want to get this quick shout in again. Um, I hope people will keep using the Kool-Aid hotline, call up, text up, whatever you guys have been doing that. It's always fun to see your reactions after games. You know, um, you've, you've been sending things in. I've been trying to encourage people call up, do your thing. I know it's hard. We all just have limited time, but I want to get this very brief because Bo DeFrisco left a two to four minute voicemail. Bo, I can't put you on for four minutes. If I'm going to do that, you might as well come on and do a full segment, which we might do because we did have Cornbread Jerry on for a full, full show here recently so I, I'm not going to play your whole voicemail but I'm going to play this nugget that you said about a quarterback Jared Goff chops his boy give this a very quick listen Jared Goff is doing so well man I bet our boy chops is just one giant heart emoji right now <laughs> one big heart emoji he is Bo Bo knows as, as everybody knows the love that Chops has for Jerry Goff, which is always funny, no matter how we say it. So, you know, it, we already got into it a little bit, but yeah, Ben Johnson and Jerry Goff is absolute gold right now. Let's keep that rolling. I don't even talk about this group much on the show, but they deserve a ton more love, and that's the offensive line. I mean, we're talking about Decker. We're talking about Jonah coming into his own. Frank Rag now. And Penny Sewell. It's been a little bit of a revolving door at the right guard. That's okay, though. They've been able to get by. I'm not trying to put a big draft resource and get five absolute studs, but four has been tremendous. We can we can out-physical you. These guys can move their feet. They're smart. They have been the linchpin to this offense, I believe, and I don't talk about them enough um, or give them enough love, but offensive line has been incredible. To me, ARSB or... As you guys know, I'm on this show. I'm on um, Is <laughs> Gosh, the guy just makes everything go in the passing game. I don't care what his numbers are recently. Everybody's loading up on him now, and that's letting DJ do his thing. That's letting the serpent get open. That's letting J-Mo start to get rolling. That's letting our tight ends do some things underneath. Um, so he makes it all go. I'm telling you, this guy's the next, like... Cooper Cup type receiver. No one can guard him. He's physical. He's smart as a whip. He's going to be dominant. He is fun to watch. What a steal by Brad Holmes in the fourth round. Um, again, I hit on early in the show that DJ is a player. He's going to continue to show that. He's got a great mentality, a great skill set. Love what he's doing. And uh, just keep just keep watching and waiting for, for Jameson Williams to keep showing up and, and being fun to watch, worth the price of admission every week for the Lions. So those were just a couple other quick hitters I wanted to have. Um, gosh, when we, when we head on the road, the Lions head on the road to New Jersey to play the New York Jets. Um, the Jets don't have their number two pick quarterback. They don't have uh, Mike White, who was playing decent because he's all dinged up and hurt. He might play, but still. They don't have their star running back. 
they don't know how to get the ball to my boy Elijah Moore for whatever reason. Um, that guy from that school that we shall not speak of at wide receiver is a ball player. But Garrett Wilson, I got to remind you of one thing, bro. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> Ohio State is vanquished. Exactly. Um, but he he's a guy we'll have to keep an eye on. No question. Hopefully Mr. Kuda can lock him down. Um, you know, this ball game, I mean, there's some nice matchups like who's sauce, sauce Gardner for the New York Jets going to cover. Is he going to cover ARSB all over the field? I don't think so. He's much more of a long outside player. I don't think he wants to go in the slot with ARSB or, or do any of the dirty work down there. I think you'll see him stay out on DJ Chark, maybe Josh Reynolds. Um, you know, I don't think he wants to get matched up against JMO because I think JMO took him to school in college. Um, you, you know, made some plays on him and showed him what's up. I think when they played in that playoff game, he had a nice little stat line or had some plays against him. Again, I don't have those numbers in front of me. Not going to bore you with them, but um, we'll, we'll see. Sauce Gardner's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. He's had a great rookie year. Really good guy, but who he covers and how will be important. Um, I think, you know, how's their physical D going to deal with our high-flying O, um, you know, or is our high-flying O going to be able to do what they need to do against a physical, good, solid, Robert Sala-type defense, you know? I think they will. I think they will be able to do some things. The weather is a question for me. Uh, how's the weather going to be? Is the wind going to be swirling? Is there going to be snow? Is it going to be frigid cold? You know, that, that obviously impacts some of the passing game and things the Lions will want to do, but... This Lions team, I feel, is built for whatever because we can smash you in the mouth in the run game. We can blow you off the football with our offensive line. We can play small ball with ARSB or tight ends, whatever we got to do. And if it's beautiful or if the weather's looking nice and we feel like it, we'll just bomb it down the football field. So offensively, I feel good. When you talk about the Lions' defense, I mean, goodness, they have just overperformed the last four or five weeks, haven't they? All these wins, they have... Went from just a sieve on defense to very solid, very grimy, very gritty. Um, you know, the seatbelt gang with Jury, J-U-U-U-R-R-Y-Y-Y. Jury Jacobs and the seatbelt crew were doing their things. I did have to remind JP1077 that he was repping the seatbelt crew, yet he had a picture of anybody but Willie. And I said, that that's the one guy that can't put the seatbelt on. He doesn't. He he's the guy when your when your car starts moving you what's that what's that beeping uh, that's Willie again without the seatbelt on you know um, so I think he's kicked out of that crew but uh, jury definitely buckling people up all day every day with seatbelt gang which is great and uh, you know will the Lions defense be able to just totally lock up and and show this young Jets team. That yeah, you might have a couple players, but definitely not an offense that should scare you at this point. I, I kind of like Mike White as a quarterback, to be honest. He's a very smart, cerebral type guy. So if he's healthy and can go, I think he'll manage the game pretty well and, and make his plays, make his throws. He's shown that the last couple weeks. But, man, we'll see what the weather's like. We'll see how this Lions team shows up. But I feel like they can do whatever they want on offense, uh, play any type of game you want to play. If they can hold their own again on defense, I feel like this one's shaping up real good for the Lions. You say, how good's it shaping up, Oakry? Well, I got this one as 28-20 for the Detroit Lions. I feel like, you know, we can't just keep putting up 30-35-40. That's just not the NFL game. Like I say, it'll probably be a little bit more of a nasty game. I don't know. It might be a game about toughness. It might be a game about, I don't know. 
It might be a grit type football game. I mean, we might even have to take a few kneecaps out to win this one. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. (laughs) That's the mentality from Dan Campbell. If you guys didn't see it, go check out Dan Campbell on the Pat McAfee show. That was an incredible interview. Dan freaking Campbell is everyone's favorite coach right now. And to me, like I said, run game, toughness, gritty, grimy. I see this as a bit of an ugly, nasty win. And the winner of that nasty battle in the trenches in the octagon is going to be the Detroit Lions this Sunday against the New York Jets. So everybody, if they get that win, a couple other things going our way. We are on our way to possibly running the table, possibly getting in the playoffs, and nobody wants to play the Detroit Lions right now. That's for damn sure. So, everybody, that's all I got. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.